off without pleasantries. Right. No problem. <laughs> I'll leave, I'll leave that bit in because we, we have to discuss League One Leeds, Rocco Dean. It's your third book. Last time I spoke to you in any capacity, I think you just announced it uh, properly. Yeah. Last time you came into the football library, which is where you are now, was a year ago. We spoke on August the 4th last year. Wow, nice. Yeah. Nearly a year. Just about a year. And since then, of course, Leeds have changed managers and have mm. uh, loaned out Jamie Shackleton. So, your your thoughts quickly on both of those aspects of Leeds United. Learning out of Shackleton um, was probably the right thing, really. He's, he's not had enough game time and, yeah, not kicked on enough. He's, he's been four seasons at the club and sort of been a youngster, young reserve, and he's never really threatened of breaking through. So, sad to see him leave because he's a Leeds lad and he's a you know proper Leeds fan, so it's always sad. Um, when that doesn't work out, but I think that's natural progression. In terms of Bielsa, I'm still heartbroken, to be honest. Um, I just think it was a terrible decision. I know we stayed up in the end, but I think we'd have stayed up with Bielsa. We had Phillips and Cooper and Bamford to come back in the team. We weren't even in the relegation zone. We'd just come off the back of playing all the best teams in the country, and we had a run of seven matches against the, the bottom half teams. Um, I, yeah, I think it was absolutely disgraceful, um, really. Um, but we stayed up, so fair play to Jesse. Uh, and yeah, what can we do apart from hope for the best? And of course, what I what I failed to because we started so abruptly, I missed out the two main aspects of Leeds United summer, uh, which is all that money. What are you going to do with all that money? <laughs> well, yeah, we seem to just be spending it on um, on potential from from Europe um, so it's so hard to say what's going to happen next season I, I am worried just because I'm naturally a pessimistic Leeds fan but it, hey who knows it could work out really well they could all be fantastic but yeah I think it's a risk going into the season with so many unknowns on the back of just missing out on relegation and, and the fact we've lost our two best players you know they're irreplaceable um, so as much as we'll have a deeper squad we're not going to have a better team I'm gearing myself up for another difficult season, sadly. But, yeah, I hope I'm mistaken. Well, you did play without Calvin Phillips for a lot of last season. On Boxing Day, yeah. uh, Manchester City and Calvin Phillips will come to Ellen Road, perhaps with World Cup winners' medals made in Leeds. <laughs> yeah. Because if uh, we won't, Brazil will win. It's fixed. I don't care, nor should you. But if England men do win the World Cup, a Leeds player will be the fulcrum of that team. Uh, and that is, I mean, I'll always love Calvin, like, and I wish him all the best. And I don't think anybody begrudges the move. You know, it, it's obviously it's sad, and you know, especially Leeds fans of an age like me that you know grew up with Leeds being you know a bigger club than Man City. Um, it does, it is jarring still. But at the end of the day, City are elite now. You know, you just can't expect to stand in his way. And I want him to, you know, I want him to make the best of his career, and I think he'll be great there. Um, so, yeah, wish him the best. And, yeah, if he brings home the World Cup, even better. Well, we will see him in, and I won't because I don't care about it, but the Champions League this season. So do you think Leeds fans will pay attention to what Calvin Phillips does in this very small Man City squad? They've lost three or four players and not really replaced yeah. them. Very interesting. Well, I know. And I heard that, he, that Phillips played in central defence in, in one of the friendlies, one of his oh, first friendlies. that's and what he's doing I, with him. I, honestly, yeah, and I think, I mean, Phillips 
when he's played at centre back for Leeds, he's been absolutely superb. Um, he's he's really good there. So playing for Man City, who obviously don't come under a lot of pressure. Um, I think Guardiola did the same with Busquets, um, if I'm not mistaken. And Javi uh, uh, Martinez at Bayern. Right, OK. Yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. Um, so I, I think he will do the same with Phillips, and I think Phillips could be a really good option for them there. Um, so, yeah, nah, I think it, probably Leeds fans are probably more excited about watching Rafinha at Barca because, you know, if he excels there, you know, there's, there's nothing jarring about that apart from the fact he doesn't play for Leeds anymore. Personally, I couldn't cheer on Man City, so it would be hard to get excited about Phillips even doing well. You know, I want him to do well, but I, I couldn't get excited about it because it's City at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wish Leeds well. You, um, By the time this show goes out on the date that League One Leeds is released, uh, which is August 8th still? Yeah. yeah you haven't yeah. kicked good. Uh, you will have hosted Wolverhampton Fosun, who yeah. have, have got rid of Fabio Silva. How very strange. Maybe homesick, but Raul Jimenez yeah. seems to be a wonderful player. Southampton away and then Chelsea at home. So of those three games, do you expect six, seven or nine? Six. Oh, that, come on. We need to start optimistically. We've got enough pessimism for the next hour. Uh, OK. But, well, I'll say six then. <laughs> yeah, I think it's doable. Uh, Chelsea are, are beatable uh, on their day. It's a big test for the manager. Do you think Jesse yeah. Marsh will talk to Big Larry about how to manage Leeds? So I, I hope he knows who he is, and uh, I'm sure he could get some pointers. Um, Larry is now in managing in India, I believe. He's just just taken a job over there. Um, my hero. Now, he, as, as long as he uh, if he can emulate some of the success that Grayson had, uh, we will be very happy. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. It, it, uh, I feel like we might get off to a decent start, and if we do, then yeah, that sets us up in, in good stead. I'm, yeah, I am nervous. <laughs> well, you have to, before the break, you go to Liverpool and Manchester United. So you might not get points against yeah. Liverpool, but Old Trafford, Man United, very beatable. But enough of, enough of 2022. We've got to go back to yeah. 2007. Leeds United have just been relegated to the third tier. The manager is... Dennis Wise. Dennis Wise. The chairman is... Ken Bates. Ken Bates. The point deduction is minus fifteen. Minus fifteen. Well. So you go into the, do you go into the season with minus fifteen, or does that kick in midway through? Yeah, no. So we, um, I mean, but for the summer, the whole summer, it was you know there was legal wranglings going on. We didn't even get our I don't know if I still call it this a golden share um, to compete in the football league until the week before the season started. So. We, we weren't sure whether there would even be a Leeds United um, up until a week before the start. And then, yeah, we, we finally managed to get that golden share at the cost of 15 points. And then it was appealed, of course. And um, strangely, the appeal went to the rest of the chairman in the Football League. So 71 chairman voted on whether Leeds should get minus 15 or not. And, of course, only five voted in our favour. And uh, so, yeah, we started on minus 15, rock bottom. Absolute. Who, who would those five have been? Ah, <laughs> oh, do you know what? I would love to know. And I should have I should have researched that, really. Um, but I was, yeah, just so 
so um, set on the on the us against the world, and you know, just basically everyone against Fleetwood. Like, I would like to know actually who who it was. I, I don't know if, if it was made public. I know Ken Bates. Um, you know, at some certain points in the season, he brought up the fact that our opponents had, had voted against us. But I don't believe it was ever like published in terms of who had voted in in what way. Very interesting. Yes, this book mm-hmm. tells the story. Having and if readers are new to Rocco Dean's work, you shouldn't be because one book was about the O'Leary era, and the first book was about the Bielsa era. By the way, Phil Hayes' book and it was beautiful is out in paperback this month. So if you haven't yet got a hardback, as I don't, I will be seeking, as should you, the paperback version. Uh, is this book going to be sold at Ellen Road? By the way. Not confirmed as yet. The Bielsa book was was sold at Ellen Road in the club shop. Um, waiting for the confirmation on this one. Um, I think they're a little bit sensitive nowadays. Uh, they didn't even put um, Salim Lamrani, who was Bielsa's translator. He he did a book about the Bielsa's first season, and um, yeah, they didn't take that strangely. I don't know. Can't say, I'm afraid. And if people go along to Elland Road, particularly Chelsea fans at the end of the month, uh, the Jack Charlton stand may well have a mural on it. I was talking to Robert Endicott uh, the other week who wrote oh, a book okay. about Les Cocker. Uh, I passed on yeah. your regards. And uh, he'd just come back from overseeing some painting. Uh, and he said, I can't tell you, but it's in the Jack Charlton stand. It was as if he was winking oh, wow. uh, through the uh, call. But um, in the, since we last spoke, I can't remember if Trevor Cherry and Jackie Charlton had died before or after we spoke last year. But a yeah, lot of the a lot of this Leeds team from the glory days, and it'll be fifty years since one of their European appearances. Was it seventy three? They were finalists in something. Um, seventy three, yeah, it was the Cup Winners' Cup uh, where they lost one nil to AC Milan, but the the referee was bribed. Yeah. Um, it's. I mean, it, it, the referee got banned for life after that match, um, but the trophy uh, hasn't yet been <laughs> reallocated to Leeds. Which so is strange because a lot, of, a lot of athletes get gold medals or medals upgraded. Yeah. Uh, Brian Glanville tells this story. Um, I think that is the match that he looks into in quite right. shocking detail. And nothing changes in 50 years. Although <laughs> we seem to hear less about match-fixing nowadays. I think it's just kind of the global oligarchy. Maybe they exactly. fix things. But Leeds are not in that global oligarchy yet. Uh, and that may be because 15 seasons ago, uh, almost to the week, I imagine, uh, Leeds started in the third tier. Do you remember the first home game of that season? Yeah, I do. The, 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 very, the first game of the season was away to Tranmere and they, they won it in the last minute. So it's like the, just the perfect start and... Yeah, well, a, a late winner obviously gives gives everybody a boost. And then, yeah, the first game um, was Southend at home, and again um, we won four one, but it was three late goals. So you know we were winning one nil, and then Southend equalised towards the end of the match, and then we scored three goals in the last three minutes, I think. Um, and it was you know it was just it was just electric, and you know the players all. Got in a big huddle on the pitch, you know, it's us against the world, and you know, Dennis Wise was just in his element at that point, and and starting to win people over, having taken us down to League One in the first place, and it was it was great, you know, everyone was together again. It was you know, it was probably the most positive the club had been 
since the O'Leary years. Um, it was it was fantastic those those opening weeks of League One. But I mean, reality obviously bit in the end. But yeah, we've we've just made a fantastic start, wiping out the minus fifteen at the earliest opportunity. We won our first seven games and. Everyone was just thinking it was just going to be a breeze, you know. I've been following what's going on at Oldham, who have just gone down to the National League, what was the conference, and they've yeah. just been bought. Len Sagam, who is their version of Salino or Bacchetti, or any number of chairmen, has finally yeah. been pushed out. So Oldham can start again. They'll go up, surely, um, this season. Yeah. And I wonder if Oldham fans will consult uh, this book because it's three seasons 2007 8 2008 9 2009 10 Dennis Wise leaves and Gary McAllister does he come in or does he get pushed up yeah he came in it was a real shock appointment um, because McAllister apart from being a completely different manager to Wise you know Wise's team was just big and physical it's you know a bit like the old Wimbledon the crazy gang that he was brought up on you know uh, you know, playing long balls up to a big striker and, and then Jermaine Beckford was feeding off the scraps and then he brought in Gary McAllister who, you know, wanted, you know, cultured midfielder and wanted to play in the same way. But also he'd been out of the game for like three or four years. Um, his, his only experience in management was at Coventry. He'd been player manager there and he'd done okay. Um, he had to resign in heartbreaking circumstances. His wife got cancer and... and really sadly died but eventually um, so he, he, resi- he resigned to care after her um, so yeah this was his, his route back into football but yeah it came completely out of the blue but straight away you know it was within a day that, that Wise had left to go to Newcastle um, then we played South End United on the Tuesday night without a manager at all and, um, and then McAllister came in the very next day so it was an absolute whirlwind but yeah just just completely uprooted the season when it was going so well at that point you mentioned Jermaine Beckford who is a pivotal figure in this book in uh one of the few players who was there for all three seasons I think yeah he was yeah and he was up front uh with uh is it Candol Chesel Candol he started the season with with Beckford then eventually we brought in Dougie Friedman, so McAllister, you know, he the didn't play work. with a target man. Yeah, and, and Friedman was brilliant. You know, he was, I think he was 33 at the time, and he was just, he was fantastic. Um, you know, what a player. He'd, he'd been at Crystal Palace for years and years, and he came to Leeds, and yeah, I, I was blown away. It was just a yeah, absolute, you know, touch of class in, in him. Um, it looked, you know, it looked like a Premier League player, but obviously, probably because he was playing in League One. Um, but yeah, you know, Candol started very well, but yeah, in the end, he, he wasn't really good enough. He, he was effective in Wise's system, but yeah, rarely mm. thereafter. Well, we'll talk about other strikers going on, but I just want to uh, touch on three players. I've, I'm going to ask you to pick your League One Leeds 11. The book is League One Leeds. Okay. Rocco Dean is the author, but if you're listening, you know that. And hello to David Dean, who sent me a message saying, he's got another book. I said, I know I'm talking to him. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> Anker Gren in gold, Proton and Housen in midfield. Um, do they remain club legends or are they more forgotten heroes of that era? I think Housen, uh, I don't know, legend probably don't think any of them could be called legends really you know getting us out of league one 
I'd, I'd say the heroes, um, not legends. Ankurum was fantastic, and it was an absolute pleasure to interview him, as it was all the other players that I did. And Prutton, I mean, Prutton was a, a real fan's favourite. I suppose he would be a cult hero. But he was a you know really good player as well. He you know he when when I interviewed him, he just you know talked himself down like <laughs> ridiculously. But he was he was awesome in midfield. You know he was he reminded me of Lee Bowyer. Um, you know I suppose the League One version of Lee Bowyer. But he was really good and he had his long long hair. So you know so that obviously helped his his icon status. Um, but yeah, lots of like players that, that we loved at the time you know it was a shame that we had Ken Bates in charge because that kept that sort of toxic nature bubbling in the background throughout but the team itself yeah was was much loved I would say. And you ended up at Wembley against another Yorkshire team who I'm not sure I can mention um, I suppose now your your streets ahead of Doncaster they have um, staggered and kind of flatlined Whereas Leeds are now yeah. a Premier League team for now. We'll speak in a year and hopefully Leeds will still be in the same division. Uh, but yeah. what did the players say after they lost uh, the player final? Because they may have been favourites going into that game, to the neutral at least. Yeah, yeah we were, we were favourites. Um, Doncaster had finished ahead of us, um, but of course we had the minus 15. We, we collected more points than them. But it was always going to be a tight game. You know, we beat them 1-0 away. They beat us 1-0 at Ellen Road. Um, but yeah, I mean, Prutton, Prutton said it best. He said, you know, that weekend at Wembley, it was it was as if we'd climbed to the top of the mountain by getting to the final. You know, we beat Carlisle. Johnny Housen scored in injury time um, in an iconic goal that, that got us to the final. Um, and then, yeah, Prutton said it was like getting to the top of a mountain and then you turn around and you see, you know, another peak and you're like, what the hell's that? <laughs> and it was just too much for us in the end and, and we just we just couldn't get over the line. But also, you know, Beckford, Beckford said that he, he was quite severely injured. So, you know, his ankle was all strapped up. He had to have injections. Probably shouldn't have played the game, but, you know, the fact that it was Wembley and, you know, he just thought that he would be able to do something or get on the end of something or come up with something. But, yeah, it was just, just one of those typical Leeds days where nothing came off. And it, it was just so sad because the players had given so much and they'd done so well to to get to that point where we're in the final. And, yeah, for it to end with a whimper like it did was, was yeah, just such a shame. And, and Neil Sullivan in golf for Doncaster as well, who oh. was brilliant for Leeds um, for you know three seasons in the championship and then Dennis Wise you know released him <laughs> and he goes to Doncaster and then I don't know if he got he probably didn't get man of the match but watching the game back he he was my man of the match he was absolutely brilliant you know just everything that went in the box he was he was first to it he was yeah just typical Sullivan and yeah it was a, a sad day that and that was it. So Leeds would fight in League One again for a second season, retaining Gary Mack's services. Uh, before we go to the lowest of the low, which I imagine has um, a, a chapter in Leeds history. Easy to forget about that low chapter, especially with Luciano Becchio uh, becoming a fan favourite, uh, as was Robert Snodgrass, Snoddy. So these are players yeah. that obviously were attracted by what Gary Mack was offering, which was a generous promotion bonus. Should they even have been in the third tier? Were these kind of either lower Premier level or First Division level playing beneath themselves? I think probably. So 
Vecchio had been in the Spanish third tier um, and he'd, he'd scored a load of goals. He had a load of offers from the Spanish second tier, but decided to come to, to Leeds, obviously because it was such a big club, you know, wanted to test himself in England at a massive club like Leeds. It was a no-brainer for him. Um, but, you know, I probably would say that, yeah, the League One and, and the Spanish second division, um, you know, or a League One for a player coming out of the Spanish third division is certainly probably his level. And, and Snodgrass as well. I mean, he'd come from Livingston um, and he was, you know, he was still young and, you know, he only cost about £50,000, I think. Um, I mean, yeah, again, you know, he had such talent and, and Barcelona had been tracking him as a, as a youngster. So you'd think he probably could have got a championship move. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the prestige of playing for Leeds definitely helps us a lot in League One to get players like Becchio and Stodgrass and even in the first season, you know, um, Ankergren and Prutton, who you've mentioned, you know, they came to Leeds for the fact that it was Leeds. You know, Prutton, you know, he, he was just so excited as soon as Leeds were after him. He didn't care about anybody else. He just wanted to play for Leeds, um, which is really good for the fans as well. And I think probably another reason why that era is thought of so fondly, probably more fondly than the O'Leary era because that went so horribly wrong. But yeah, these players in League One, they they all had the passion. They all just you know wanted to play for Leeds. They didn't really care about the money. It was wonderful. I don't think I've thanked you properly for your contributions to From Kids to Champions, uh, which is already being talked about as a book about the FA Youth Cup. But I loved transferring what you said into the book about Leeds United's youth team. And it was lovely to see some young Leodensians in the team in League One. Um, yeah. Amazing to note that Fabian Delft got 13 bookings. Were most of them just for being too keen? <laughs> yeah, they were, they, yeah, they were all for that reason. I think he was, yeah, he, 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 loved, he loved a slide tackle. He loved getting stuck in and I mean, Delf was just absolutely magnificent in that Leeds team. He was 18, and he scooped every award. He won the you know the Player of the Year, Young Player of the Year, Goal of the Season. He won the Football League Young Player of the Year. He got in the League One Team of the Year. He, he was absolutely fantastic. And so you know, we always knew when we didn't go up that second season that he would leave. But even just to have him for that one season, it was just brilliant. And and the fact that he'd come from nowhere as well, you know, he hadn't. He had made an appearance, actually, on the last day of the season when we got relegated from the Championship, but he didn't play the previous season in League One. But, you know, he, he got promoted to the first team for, for Season Two, and he was just a revelation from the start. It was it was so exciting to see a talent like that in the team. He was, you know, he was up there with Kuehl for me and, and Woodgate. You know, I, I, I just knew that he would play for England. And it's a bit of a shame that his, his career sort of petered out in the end. I, I think he has realised his potential. You know, he's brilliant at Villa. He's you know, got to Man City and won the Premier League. So I think he's got about 20 caps for England. Mm. So, had a great career. Um, but it's a shame how it's... I don't know why, whether he got injured. But yeah, he just seemed to have gone off the boil last two or three years. I think once you move to City and you're not playing every week, it's difficult to leave because you're at such a great workplace. I think he feels that at Everton, where he seems to have yeah. spent most of his time on the treatment table. Um, but it yeah. means he doesn't have to leave the North West... Interesting that he's only really played in the middle and the west of the the country. Yeah. 51 appearances, which I was very impressed with. And he yeah. helped the team only lose once in the league after February 21. So again, Leeds going great guns. 
admittedly, Gary McAllister's time came to an end. But what was the first thing that Simon Grayson did when he came in? Did he sign someone? Did he change the formation? Did he have a go at Ken Bates? <laughs> no, he was, he was quite kind about Bates, actually. Um, but... I think the first thing he did, and, and Beckford said this, um, you know, whereas McAllister was trying to, you know, fit players into his system, Grayson was just a lot more simplified. You know, he played players where he would get eight out of ten from them rather than seven out of ten. You know, he he just played them where they wanted to play, and everything was simple. You know, it was, you know, just you know, no nonsense at the back. You know, just defend, get your heads on things, clear things. And then let your quality players, um, you know, come to the fore in the final third and, and, and win the matches for you. That you know, it was as simple as that, and it works very well. But yeah, like you say, that even it, it was still, it was rocky for the first couple of months. Um, but then, yeah, that February date that you said, it was it was Hereford away, and they lost one nil, and, and the fans booed them off, and and Grayson famously locked them in the dressing room after the game and, and gave them an absolute rollicking. Um, and, yeah, Beckford talks about that very well. You know, he'd, he'd only seen the nice side of Simon Grayson. And then, you know, from that day, everyone in the squad knew that, you know, Grayson could cut them down to size in an instant. And he, he actually challenged them in the changing room. He challenged them to go for the rest of the season undefeated. Um, and to say they'd already lost nine away matches that season, um, which was more than nearly every club in League One, they went and pretty much did it. They lost 1-0 in injury time to Leicester, who ended up winning the league with, with I think, three or four matches left. So, yeah, if it weren't for that late goal, they'd have actually done it and gone undefeated, which is quite remarkable, really. Grayson did a fantastic job at turning it around so quick. Which is why we say Jesse Marsh should have a chat with Simon Grayson, who is... <laughs> The hero of the book League One Leads, which, as this goes out, is out today. Rocco Dean completes his hat-trick of books. Now, I've trailed this, and I'm, I'm going to kind of um, helpfully sugar the pill. What was worse, losing to Histon in the FA Cup under awful conditions or losing in the playoff semi-finals to Millwall? Yeah, I mean, I guess you'd have to say Millwall, um, you know, with it, with it being so important, you know, that the whole season, you know, was, was relying on that game and we came so close, it looked like we were going to do it, we got the first goal um, to equalise and, you know, Ellen Road was on fire, but then, yeah, Millwall ended up scoring and, and it was a sucker punch we, we just couldn't recover from, so that was heartbreaking and I remember the players doing a lap of honour after that match and, and Bobby and Delph was like worshipping the cop and, uh, you know, realising then that he was clearly leaving, like, <laughs> it just it made it twice as bad, you know, the fact that we just, you know, lose all our best players because we're a, a lower league club, it, it was horrible, but Histon as well was just, just crazy, I mean, researching for the book, that story is unbelievable, you know, Histon spent 90 years as a, a local team, and then in the mid-90s they had a spate of promotions and got to the conference, so, you know, nearly 100 years of the club's history had taken them to the highest point, Leeds were at their lowest point in 90 years, and then the, the draw brought them together, and, and of course, uh, the postman scores the winning goal, and yeah, it was just a, a horrible, horrible day to, to lose to Histon like that. It's just, yeah, it just, just rubs salt in the wounds, really. It never comes up. Um, was it um, Kidderminster last season had the, the shocks? But no one ever talks about Histon um, 
Yeah, I know. It, it's it's yeah. Well, thank God. <laughs> mm, yes. Well, nor do they really talk about Leeds promotion in 2010. Obviously, it's fabled uh, among Ellen Road. But Simon Grayson did what very few Leeds managers have done in their history, because you've been in the top divisions for for most of your history. Um, yeah. But yes, Bielsa did it. Um, who else would have? got promotion for Leeds United. Uh, Wilkinson. Howard, Howard Wilkinson, Wilkinson, famously, yes. All the legends. Uh, Don Rebbe. Yes. And then before that, um, I, I, yeah, I couldn't say. I'd have to research Yeah, it. that's before, pre-war Leeds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But thank God Leeds went up, finishing second behind Norwich, but should have been champions. Well, they should, really. They really should. I mean, they were record-breaking. They, you know, they were storming the league. At Christmas, they were 11 points ahead of Norwich. Um, it was, you know, they'd, they'd conceded something like seven or eight goals by Christmas and scoring goals for fun. Went and beat Man United at Old Trafford in the FA Cup. And then the hangover from that result, basically, for the next three months, we just couldn't win a game. It was, it was. I mean, I've never known anything like it in football. It's unbelievable for a team with such quality in it that was tearing the league up so much, you know, for one result to just change the club like it did. I think they won something like three in 19 games or something unbelievable and, and they ended up dropping to fourth. Um, Millwall cut back a 21-point lead. Leeds were 21 points ahead of Millwall at the turn of the year and then they were behind them at Easter weekend. It's just unbelievable. No, that is um, absurd. And yet everyone stuck with Grayson. Because of the goodwill for the United game, uh, and and everything else. I mean, I, uh, I mean, it's interesting because Twitter probably was around then, but obviously not like it is now. So I can imagine if it was nowadays, everyone probably would have wanted Grayson sacked. But at the time, I don't think many people would have wanted him sacked. And I was, I, I remember them. They went, they lost four games in a row. Yeah, just at, Christ- at Easter weekend. So Easter Saturday, they lost three 0 to Swindon and they dropped to fourth. And I was absolutely, I was, I was just so scared that they were going to sack Grayson. And I, you know, I loved him so much, and I still believed that he would turn it around. Um, so it was a concern. And I asked Simon whether, you know, whether he was worried about the sack, and he said he never was. You know, he, he was obviously under pressure, but you know, pressure from himself. You know, said that Ken Bates never. Know, mentioned anything to him about maybe losing his job. So I, I think probably that, yeah, they've come so far that I think, yeah, Bates was, yeah, we were we were too far in to, to change it with, you know, five or six games to go, thankfully. Yeah. Must also add that uh, the Manchester United victory led to a fourth round fixture against Tottenham and you took them to a replay, Jermaine Defoe scoring a hat-trick mm. in the replay. Were you at either or both of those games? Yeah, yeah, I was at both. It was, it was the, the White Hart Lane game was fantastic. I mean, I was at Old Trafford as well, and that's you know probably my second favourite ever Leeds game. It was, it was amazing. Um, but then White Hart Lane was was just fantastic, and yeah, Beckford scored a penalty in the ninety fourth minute to to equalise, and and to see us doing it again, um, you know, to because we played so well at Old Trafford, it wasn't just a smash and grab. We we really did match them, you know, if not more. You know, we deserved that win. But it was a you know a half strength Man United team, whereas Spurs, who were fourth in the league, Harry Redknapp had just taken over and sorted it out, and you know had a team full of internationals. 
and they played full strength team and, and Leeds again were fantastic and yeah got a two two draw. It was just we were just yeah, walking on air. And you you still are, uh, albeit I think you're probably one of the favourites to go down just because you've been sucked of two of the best players because you're a departure lounge club. It's interesting to note that in League One in twenty oh nine ten, Brentford and Brighton so Brentford, Brighton and Leeds are all Premier League teams now. Some would say they've all got particular managers. They all have really good eggs. Um, their dirty Leeds yeah. really doesn't exist anymore, I don't think. Yeah. Nah, I don't. Uh, and indeed, um, the, the quality and calibre of player uh, this season. You seem to have got hold of Melier. He's not gone anywhere. Yeah. And that that's very important. I mean, he, he he probably didn't have as good a season last season as he had done the previous season. But yeah, for a young goalkeeper, I, I think Malier's, you know, one of the best young goalkeepers in the world. I, I rate him so highly. I, I think he'll go all the way to the top. Um, I think he's great. So yeah, very very fortunate to, to keep hold of him at least. Is he is he going to the World Cup? I mean, I'm really surprised that he's not in the France squad. He's still in the under-21s. Right. Um, may, maybe he will become the third choice or second choice. Um, yeah, they, France must have some great keepers because I don't know how Melier is you know, flying under the radar. Uh, he, playing in the Premier League as well, you know, the, the, the spotlight's on him. Um, so, yeah, very surprised. Um, but, but, yeah, no, he is still, still an under-21. Under uh, as we talk, we expect him to start at home on Saturday the 6th against Wolves. And uh, we're so far removed, 12 seasons removed from Leeds' promotion where Johnny House and Robert Snodgrass, Jermaine Beckford all played. Patrick Kisnorbo, that's a name. that yeah. it's, it's so obvious. If, I know The Athletic have their Football Clichés podcast, but Patrick Kisnorbo is almost quality lower level lead so uh, to finish uh, Rocker I just wanted you to pick your 11 players or 10 plus Beckford uh, who are who are of your um, either because they were great to talk to uh, or you just enjoyed watching them so they don't have to be the Snodgrasses or the Housens but just immortalise that era in the League One Leeds 11. Okay, well, yeah. So in goal, definitely Kasper Ankergren. He was he was there throughout the three seasons. He he did lose his place a couple of times, um, but a really good, solid goalkeeper. And yeah, we were lucky to have the keeper like him in, in League One, and a lovely guy too as well. He was the first person that I interviewed. Right back Fraser Richardson, who had come through in the O'Leary years. He was the one remaining player, um, and he was. We released him in the well. We couldn't agree a new contract for him going into season three, so he wasn't in the promotion side. But yeah, still a you know player that had come through the academy. And, yeah, a top right back really. Andy Hughes, left back. Um, again, he's a an icon of the club, cult hero. Um, he would play anywhere, so I think it's fitting that we'll stick him at, right, at left back, even though he's a right-footed central midfielder. Naylor and Kisnobo, the centre backs, without a doubt. You know, Richard Naylor. He was Grayson's first captain, so yeah, I probably should have mentioned that. You know, that was the, that was the first thing that Grayson changed was was getting Naylor in, and he made all the difference. Um, such an experienced player and a Leeds fan to lead the team, and then Kisnobo, who was magnificent. He he got injured in March 
of the promotion season, still one player of the year. He was that good. He, he was awesome. Midfield, definitely Delph, of course, because he was magnificent. And it's quite difficult now because we've had so many. I, I mean, I'm leaving out Bradley Johnson, who, who was, you know, one of my favourite interviews. He, he was fantastic, but I can't pick him because Delph's there and I, he'd understand that himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd have to go with Halston alongside Delph. Um, again, he's a, he's a local lad and a great player and, and, and a, a brilliant, brilliant guy as well. Like talking to him was just fantastic. It was just like, you know, being in the pub with a, with a mate, you know, fellow Leeds fan. He, he was so passionate and honest about it. He, he was fantastic. So he gets the edge over Kilkenny, who was a very tidy, uh, accomplished midfielder. But then, yeah, I mean, going forward, like, it's an embarrassment of riches, really. So, yeah, I have to go with Snodgrass. Just so much ability on the wing, so tricky. He, you know, no pace, but he didn't need it because he, he had it all in his toes and the fantastic delivery on him. And then Max Gradle, who he actually didn't start many games in, in League One. He came to the fore the next season in the Championship. He scored 17 goals from the wing, but he was an impact sub in League One and, and he was absolutely brilliant. Um, so, yeah, he has to play. Um, and then... Becchio up front with Beckford, the dream team, brilliant partnership and, and two great blokes that, yeah, will forever be Leeds legends, really. I, I, just about, anyway, in, in terms of our life, of my lifetime. There we go. Uh, yeah. Becchio and Beckford are, are brilliant. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great team. I think they give uh, today's team a, a run for their money. Well, certainly, or at least the under-21s. Robert Snodgrass starts this season at... Is he at Luton still? Brilliant. Luton Town. Yeah. Robert Snodgrass. What a great senior pro. Leeds United begin their Premier League season far removed from the League One days. Rocco Dean, you'd follow them everywhere, even if they were in the National League. Have you got another book on the go? Yeah. Um, so the whole the whole idea when I started writing my first book was was to document the whole Bielsa era. So I've kept, you know, match by match doing Marcelo Bielsa versus the Premier League. And in a way, it's actually... It's worked out quite well for the book, him being sacked, because the last few weeks of, of the second season um, is, you know, it handles my grief at losing him, which, mm. you know, it really was a real thing. Um, you know, it really sent me do lally. <laughs> I, was, I was in a really bad way. And, and then, yeah, the, the drama is staying up the, the way that we did. So it's actually, yeah, it's given the book quite a, quite a good ending. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I'm doing it. It's not officially going to be released as yet, but I think I will. I think I will release it. Might try and get some interviews in the meantime because that would be a that'd be a nice addition to it. Yeah, I hope so because that era, people fell in love with Leeds because of the Bielsa connection, and we appreciated the tiny little squad, the promotion of youth, which is so essential, the localism, uh, Patrick Bamford being happy at a football club for once. Um, there are so many aspects of the modern leads and every week seem to bring another tragedy with a former player passing away. So I wonder if you're yeah. going to tackle that, the kind of leads as it was, leads as it is, leads as it's going to be. Because Bielsa has changed the whole club, even in his absence. Yeah, he, he has. I think he's he's changed the fan base, at least. Um, I mean, I do worry, you know, I, I, I don't know whether the current owners, um, you know, it feels like they sort of want to get away from else so that's the like the feeling that I get um so it's not like they're sort of continuing his legacy but regardless of that you know I've, I've, I've written in this new book towards the end is you know I'm, when I'm summarizing you know Bielsa's legend will live on at Leeds now you know it, what, what he's done and his influence on the fan base you know future owners without a shadow of a doubt will 
appoint people to you know to bring back Beelzebul to Ellen Road it, it will happen it's completely inevitable because it's because it's a no-brainer you know especially if you want to win some win some fans o- over early so I think that it will continue to be part of Leeds United DNA um, you know what Beelzebul has done and, and yeah I'll always feel grateful for the fact that it happened that we had him you know, it was it was an incredible time, and he's an incredible man. So I, I just want him to get another job because on another team to support as well as Leeds, because it would it would be fantastic to see him. You know, anywhere really. Um, so hopefully he gets one soon. There is still time before the World Cup that I'm not going to watch for someone to roll the dice. Maybe in South America, especially because there's so much politics going on there. Bielsa will be, he will pick up because he knows it's perfect for him. He'll be there four weeks. He'll pick the players. He'll work them so hard because I think there will be a South American winner of this World Cup. I think it's going to be either Argentina or Brazil because they've adjusted to the heat. Um, I can't remember if I asked you if you were going to watch this, but um, do you Uh, care? When it comes down to it, I I probably will, I suppose, watch it. But I I think it's an absolute disgrace. I'd, I'd love for... You know, the players just to boycott it. You know, England shouldn't be sending a team. I don't think I'd, I'd love to send that message. Um, and when push comes to shove, <laughs> I guess I'll probably watch it, but I'm not happy about it. And I'll, I'll yeah, I hope I don't watch it. And, and I'm, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel interested in it right now at all. But yeah, I'm just second guessing myself really and, well, and imagining that when, when it comes down to it, I'll probably end up, end up getting involved, sadly. The marketing will kick into overdrive. And of course, six <laughs> months after that, it's the Women's World Cup, which will be wonderful. Yeah, well, have you been. The real quiz. Have you been watching the women? Yeah, I have, I have, yeah. Um, it was. Now, that semi final, I mean, the first five or six minutes was unbelievable. It was just like a basketball match, yeah. you know, chance after chance at either end. But I mean, that, that back heel goal was just. She should have scored the first fantastic. one. I don't know why yeah, she, she should. It's all written because <laughs> that know. means that her whole career, and Alessia, she's a great player. She looks like Andy Carroll in a world of messes. <laughs> um, from Maidstone, from Kent, but. Um, Interesting how Manchester United's women might well be better than their men's team. And I wonder <laughs> they're going to market the hell out of that. Although Leeds have got... Do you know that this kid who sang Sweet Caroline, on, who she was pictured on telly after the game, is actually involved in the Leeds youth setup? Well, Leeds are playing on, um, on Sunday evening. They've got a friendly at Ellen Road, the last friendly. But um, yeah, yeah no one's watching the lionesses. That, uh, that took, uh, took priority for me. I'm going to sack it off and watch the final. Jolly good. And by the time this goes out, hopefully uh, the football will have come home and it will have put itself at uh, Wembley. Oh, there'll be a whole tour. They'll take the trophy around schools. It'll be brilliant for the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we won't win. Germany will win on penalties. They always do. <laughs> I've got got your pessimism. It's rubbed off. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to win 4-2 in extra time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and the the third goal will be VAR, but the linesman will give it. (laughs) That will be amazing. It'll be like history rewritten. It's terrific. Uh, League One Leeds is out August 8th, which is today as it is. You can also buy uh, the Marcello Bielsa book, the first one, and then the O'Leary years, the second one. Uh, Rocco leads until you die, marching on to hopefully survival. It'll be a difficult season, um, but as long as Bielsa Ball makes a comeback at some point, uh, so much for the better. Yeah, that 
Barca. It's all about stories and, you know, it's it's just about supporting the team, isn't it? You, we go through these ups and downs. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's go through it all again. I'm excited and worried. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's your memoir title. <laughs> yeah.